Some dive, others cry as they fly above choppy waters in search of food in the pouring rain. It's the annual winter seabird count along Puget Sound's near coasts, and the birds are in full form. Rod Brown and Kathy Connolly, citizen scientists too, are tracking seabirds at a designated hotspot near Myrtle Edwards Park on the waterfront. We've got a merganser out here that's in breeding plumage with feathers coming off the back of its head and a nice showy crest. Rod Brown. It's showing off to other birds that might find it an attractive mate. Connolly peers through a spotting scope and sees a barrow's golden eye. Which is this, this lovely black and white duck. Um, they're very flashy. They're often quite close to shore like this, so we count them frequently at this site in particular. Since October and through April, Brown and Connolly have come to this stormy observation site to count seabirds as part of a Seattle Audubon-inspired citizen science study, a joint collaboration with NOAA and the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the project has tracked the occurrence of 18 seabird species and found an increased presence of 14, including loons, rhinoceros auklets, cormorants, and harlequin ducks. Brown takes out a compass and ruler to take bearings of the direction the birds they've seen have come from. The first batch is 80 degrees on the ruler from the horizon. And the second batch is at... 250 degrees. Connolly notes the readings in a scientifically designed chart as large flocks of scoters, as many as 800, line up in rows near a cargo ship in the bay. The ship may be a buffer for grain from a nearby terminal from washing out to sea. This is the only observation point where you can see these large flocks. Scoters are a significant portion of seabird life in Elliott Bay, says Connolly. 150 trained volunteer citizen scientists have counted seabirds from Deception Pass to Olympia and as far west as Cape Flaherty for the last seven years. The results were released in a new report, Puget Sound Seabird Survey, by NOAA's Northwest Fisheries Science Center. The goal, says the report's co-author, Eric Ward, with NOAA, is to establish a baseline of surveys in Puget Sound. And try to identify whether these species that have declined in the past are still declining or whether things have stabilized or whether some species have increased. The results dovetail with other studies, such as nesting surveys showing increases in rhinoceros auklets. But, notes Ward, We're finding also very strong evidence for continued declines. Among them, white-winged scoters, red-necked grebes, and western grebes, which have shown historic decline since the 1970s. Interestingly, says Ward, western grebes have become more abundant in coastal areas off California, which appear to have higher or more reliable food sources than Puget Sound. Co-author of the report, Scott Pearson, with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, says while the center of gravity for many overwintering seabirds may have shifted to northern California because of food, Puget Sound is impacted by California and Alaska currents, as well as ocean upwelling. The strength of the two can change over time, resulting in adverse as well as positive impacts on the base of the food web, plankton. Again, Scott Pearson. So some places can be warmer or colder, and that can have big effects on both the strength of the upwelling and then also the amount of food available. Pearson, who is based in Olympia with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, notes that the citizen science study had varied results depending on whether seabird counts were in South Puget Sound or North. Down here, we're starting to see a lot more jellyfish and fewer forage fish, whereas in the north, people are seeing a lot more forage fish. 
Water in the South Sound takes longer to turn over and exchange with the coast, he says, whereas in the North, the tidal exchange is stronger, along with more outlets, which can result in a more abundant food supply. Positive seabird sightings, caution researchers Ward and Pearson, don't always reflect increasing populations. For example, federally listed marbled murrelets continue to decline across Washington. Nor is it clear just how much or how little traditional threats such as contaminants, shoreline armoring, climate change, or even derelict fishing gear are having on winter seabirds. But what does seem clear from the rigorous data, says Seattle Audubon's Toby Ross, is that 14 species along Puget Sound's near shore are literally on the rise. Seabirds are an intrinsic part of the ecosystem here, and so if there's something happening with the seabirds, there's likely something else happening with their food, with the water quality, and it just goes on from there. It's all a part of the web, he says, and a documentation that wouldn't be possible without citizen scientists. If you're up on your seabirds, contact the Seattle Audubon. They plan to expand the project. This story is brought to you with support from the Human Links Foundation, engineering by C.J. Lazenby. From the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center, this is Martha Baskin. Some bird sounds courtesy of Cornell Lab of Ornithology.